Hey everybody, it's Ben and Rob from Edge of Wonder. We've talked about incredible stories from the Montauk Project, Project Rainbow, and the Philadelphia Experiment before, but now we found a connection that could change everything we know about the John F. Kennedy Jr.'s fateful airplane crash. Yeah, did Montauk's camp hero have something to do with it? Did you know there have been other plane crashes in the area. Well, join us as we look deeper into this topic to bring you more information on explained personal accounts at the Montauk base and how it all connects to secret pro uh, projects along with secret documents that we found. Plus, we have to talk about the breaking news, which is that a whistleblower is now saying that governments have recovered non-human spacecraft. So don't miss all this. Then stick around for the live Q&A and a group meditation prayer only on Rise.TV. And by the way, if you're listening to our Edge of Wonder podcast, please give us a five-star rating and reviews to, to help us reach even more people. So... Cool, Ben. How you doing? Good, good. Little jet lags. <laughs> Yesterday, right. I was like traveling. It felt like I was traveling for like 15 hours yesterday. It was just crazy. I had like a long layover. My flight was delayed. Uh, it was just, it was just kind of nuts. But Hard um, to have a smooth flight these days. Yeah, it really is. But um, contact in the desert was awesome. Met some really cool people. Um, and was it just, in that same place that we yeah. went the that first year? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And and contact was was bought out by a different by different people recently. Oh oh contact was. Yeah. So really? it was very interesting. Yeah. So but it was really great. Um a lot of people wanted me to tell you hi. Oh nice. <laughs> and um yeah, and it was really fascinating to to see a lot of people connecting with us through Instagram. Mm. It, it's it's like oh yeah i used to watch you guys but now i see that you're doing something on instagram and and i've been following you there you know and so i was like well this is kind of interesting and a couple people just only recognized me only from from our instagram videos actually so i was like that means, That's, that means we're reaching people that means sure. we're reaching people yeah so it was really cool um, a lot of really amazing people that were there and uh the speakers and of course Graham Hancock's presentation was awesome. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to connect with them. I really tried, but I connected with people that that um, also work with Graham Hancock and and whatnot. So it was really, really pretty amazing experience, and they did a really good job um, hosting this. I felt and putting it on. So very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So. Well, Ben, you know, speaking of uh, contact, not even in a desert, contact anywhere. <laughs> You've probably heard of uh, what's going on over the last couple of days with this whistleblower from um, uh, the yes. military. Yes. Yeah. And seriously, guys, we, we probably would have led with this if, if, if we would have caught it earlier. We didn't really catch the. I mean, of course, Tucker's video didn't come out until well, no, 6, 6 p.m. Yeah, this was kind but, of all over the place starting kind of yesterday. But Starting um, yesterday. Okay. Yeah, but you know we well, was traveling had... all day yesterday yeah. so i didn't know anything that was going on in the news. <laughs> right, right. So, so and i woke up this morning and i was just like oh man and then it was like we were already kind of talking about the continuation of montauk so my yeah. head was in montauk all day and you know <laughs> i kind of have mixed feelings about this like most things that happen nowadays but i think it would be good for us to just check this out really quick and kind of yeah, i um, think so too also 
Yeah, go ahead. I'll have my take on it afterwards because it's it's interesting how the mainstream media is responding to this as yeah, that's, to what came out in New York Times, the video, right? That's very interesting. That's yeah. the most interesting part about this. So let's let's play this little clip. So yeah, Lindsay, if you want to pull this up, actually, um, <clears throat> why don't we, do you want to watch the other? Like, Yeah, the let's watch the guy, the actual guy yeah. first. Yeah, why don't we watch that? So why don't you pull that video up and go to, I think it's two minutes and about 57 seconds. And we can um, we can kind of listen to him directly, kind of come straight from his mouth about what's actually going on. And then, um, yeah, we don't even need to watch the Tucker thing because I think if we just pull that up. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was interesting, Tucker's take on it. And if you haven't watched that Tucker video, that was his first episode on Twitter. He basically just discusses how... Um, basically this isn't being taken seriously by the mainstream media and he just doesn't understand why like it's the mo it's the biggest news ever if this is yeah. true and it's yeah. not really being taken seriously but go ahead and play this here publicly before you are one of the most trusted former intelligence officials in the u.s defense and intelligence establishment yes i was you were trusted with the most intimate secrets yes Grush sitting down with award-winning investigative journalist Ross Coldhart, who's reporting for News Nation and has spent years reporting on the UFO question. What conclusion did you come to at the end of your time on the UAP task force? Uh, the UAP task force was refused access to um, a broad crash retrieval program. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, these are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft, if you will, non-human, exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. You're kidding. No. I thought it was totally nuts, and I thought at first I was being deceived. It was a ruse. People started confiding in me. They approached me. I have plenty of current and former senior intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my whole career, that confided to me they were a part of a pro program. They named the program. I've never heard of it. And they, they told me, based on their oral testimony, um, and they provided me documents and other, other proof, that there was, in fact, a program that the UAP task force was uh, not read into. Grush alleges the U.S. government wow. has recovered non-human craft for yeah. Oh, Rob, you're muted. Sorry about that. So he goes on to say that, um, it, you know, he, he's unable to show the evidence of the documentation because it would, you know, it would kind of affect national security. Um, so he, he doesn't show any of that. But what's what's interesting, if you watch that whole video, they're talking to different journalists who've talked to this guy, too. And the the basic kind of overview, the take home from it is that everyone kind of agrees, like there's no reason to doubt this guy's testimony because of his standing in the U.S. military. All of the people that he's brought up that had that have come to him and the documentation that he kind of has provided. Um, so that's very interesting. Now, um one of the Pentagon associations did come out and basically say they have no record of any of this anywhere. But he actually said he actually said that they wouldn't like yeah. they weren't they're not given access. It's only certain people with the classified um, level, you know, um, 
clearing that actually get that information. And that that organization is not one of them. So that was also pretty interesting. And oh, so, you know, what Tucker basically was saying is that, you know, the New York Times on their front page, they're just talking about like the, the same old stuff, climate Ukraine. change, <laughs> the Ukraine, you know, there's four articles on Ukraine, there's an article on, uh, you know, trans people and this and that. And yet the, the and you know, I'm not saying any of that is, is, is not important. I mean, obviously, but I don't this is like, this could be the potentially the biggest news. Yeah, that, exactly. In the last 10 years, at least, if not, right. you know, the, uh, a very prominent high ranking person coming out saying like, yes, hundred percent, we have craft that is not yeah. ours. And, yes. and it, it's like, why aren't, why isn't everyone, you know, in, in what I'm seeing as headlines are stuff like, um, you know, is this guy really believable? Like, we probably don't think so, you know, blah, 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 you know, or something like that. Cause you know, the mainstream media, they're always like, no, this did not happen. And then you're like, why are you saying that in a headline? You know, media never would craft these headlines in the past it was always like kind of clickbaity he headlines now it's like very direct like no this did not happen fact check here is the facts or something and it's like what the heck you know these are okay, such and so, you know headlines i kind of let, let's get into it like what what do you actually think about this ben do you think well, this is good do you think it's not do you think this guy is legit do you think this is a plant do you think this controlled information what do you think i actually think that this was not controlled information based hmm. on how the media is reacting and how the Pentagon is you reacting. You mean because the media is so quiet about it? Yes. I, th I think that they might have had something planned, maybe in a very softer, smaller way. And this dude might have even got wind of it. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to come out right now and just, just like expose this. And I think it could potentially, it could have caught everything off guard. And the fact that Tucker is talking about it in his and by the way, he uploaded Tucker uploaded his video at 6 p.m. and it's already got 2.5. Oh, actually, it might even have three million views by now. Within 45 minutes, it got 2.5 million views. And that was his first episode. That was his first episode. <laughs> 45 minutes. It's insane. And then it's only 10 minutes long. And about seven minutes into it, he spends about roughly a minute talking about this specific case. And Tucker himself has been talking about aliens oh, quite a bit over, uh, you know, in some of his videos. He keeps bringing up the questions to people. He keeps asking things about like, you know, we're seeing things in the sky. Um, even our military don't seem to know what they are. You know, it, it, not saying it's aliens, but is this a threat from a different country? Or, you know, if it really is aliens, is this a threat, you know, from a foreign entity from another planet or a location? So, yeah, I do think that this is not a controlled uh release i think this guy's doing it. i think the media will and we'll, i think what will happen is the media will try to attack his personality and say things like oh this guy supported xyz this is why he's not believable or something like that yeah so uh i'll kind of just share my thoughts about all of this one is um there's some suspicious things about this like first of all like usually a operation like this is not targeting any of the mainstream media. They're not trying to get the mainstream media to talk about this. They're, they're sort of 
gaslighting everyone by giving a little information out that everyone already knows in this arena. And so there, it's to get people to talk about it, basically. So like psychological operations can be done or are largely done to target that group of people, not necessarily the people that are that are reading the New York Times. So that part, like yeah. that makes total sense. The New York Times, it's not their bag to report on this. They're not going to report on it. But guys like Tucker, who have an open mind and are seeing this stuff, you know, Tucker is doing a great job, I think, because Tucker should be talking about this. He should be bringing this up. He should be asking why this isn't the biggest news and and explaining that entire narrative and what doesn't make sense about all of that. On the on the exopolitics side of things, like, okay, here's the way that I'm going to explain this. And you got to mm -hmm. tell me, Ben, if you think this makes sense. Mm -hmm. Since the 1990s, there have been no really, really legitimate whistleblowers. Not like the level of whistleblowers that we had then. We're talking about like Preston yeah. Nichols, the Montauk Project, which we're going to be getting into later. Al Bilek, William Tompkins, all of these guys that were in the room Bill, when they were Bill going. Cooper Bill Cooper. All kinds of people. Fritz Springmeier, you know, the like, uh, it, like the list goes on, you know, like um, and and those people were like, legitimately putting their lives in danger when they were coming out to talk about this stuff. And some of Phil them in fact, passed yeah. away. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. We've got a guy happened. from the military coming out, talking about this stuff. It, it hasn't happened. It actually has not happened. They have this thing sealed so tightly. We don't know if people were going to well, come out and they just, well, hold on, let me finish. We yeah, don't know yeah. if people over the last 20 years were going to come out and just passed away because of whatever. We don't know if people were going to try to come out, but all I know is that things have been so like so tight over the last 20, 25 years that unless I think this, they wanted this to happen, I don't think it would have happened. That doesn't mean this guy is doing, he might be doing this in his own mind, but the fact that they're even letting it happen seems to be more likely than it is for it to not because well, of just the way that the last 25 years have gone, you know, or 20 years rather. Yeah. I, I can kind of see from, well, well, okay. So kind of take a step back, you know, well, New, when the New York times story broke, that was his name, Alejandro. I think that's his name, but one yeah, of the, whatever. yeah, you know, so there, ha and then there has been people coming out within the military. It's just that the it, it re collectively, it hasn't been widely reported. The only one that has been really widely reported is the New York Times one. And of course, that was right after Trump became president. Um, I think in 2017, the story broke with New York Times. And it's just like, okay, this, you know, but then again, everyone, it was like, they were making it out this to this like massive story of the century. And everyone's like, yeah, we, we already know like these things exist. Um, you know, show us something more concrete. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, um, and also this is so fascinating that Fox News put this out. I, I'm I'm a little bit kind of taken back by that. You know, usually you find it in a little bit more independent fringe uh, categories. Fox is always but, doing this thing where they release some stuff and then but when it's really important, it's well and also Fox News is really hurting since they fired Tucker. Well, so, of course they are. They're, they're looking for anything, right? No now. one's watching anything, like any of them now. Like yeah. so none of the mainstream media, including Fox, are being watched by anyone. You know, yeah, that's 100 percent true. 
And, uh, and also, um, the other, the other, well, yeah. And, you know, honestly, there's even people that we personally know, um, there's a guy that, that Rob and I, uh, talked to a while ago who has a job within, within like a contractor, but, you know, secretly what he does was he says he recovered things from NASA, exactly what this guy's talking about. There are organizations within the government, within NASA that work to recover fallen yeah. objects or crafts or whatever and right. and there are multiple people talking about this that this is real that multiple crashes happen um the the guy that we talked to he mentioned that there's about a thousand different things that fall from the sky every year he's like some of it is just our stuff some of it is just space junk but then you have the ones that you see and it's like yeah this definitely did not originate on earth so well and yeah and you know what was interesting about th this guy what he was talking about is that he was saying that you know a lot of these a lot of these whatever you want to call them craft that 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 are found have deceased pilots he, he actually explained it like the pilots have you know died but he didn't say aliens but he was alluding to the fact that these were not these these creatures were not of this planet you know these extraterrestrials they were extraterrestrials so it's the cl it's the closest to any anything anyone's seen on mainstream tv of being like a a huge story on this so it is significant it just it's like it's still pretty limited you know i agree i agree and uh, i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of these cases and even there there's a um someone i i connected with who who is compiling all these military cases actually of uh, specifically of craft that they've seen in military bunkers. And a lot of them was at Wright Patterson air force base yeah. near where I grew up and a couple other things too. So yeah, all of this is very, very fascinating, especially since I was just at contact and then I get back and like, this is what yeah. I found out was like the major breaking thing. And, and it's like, Oh my gosh, if this broke over the weekend, like everybody there would be talking about that. So I, I and then like, I, it's like so fascinating because I, I would love to hear different people's opinions on this. But um, either way, you know, I, I still think that no matter what this is about, um, you know, I, I think that this this is a good thing that's coming out. I mean, you know, it's getting people to think about these things. And again, the fact that the media is kind of remaining silent on this is kind of interesting. But, you know, maybe there is an agenda, maybe not we'll have to see i'm sure there'll be a lot more information by friday so if there is uh we we will present this information to you guys on friday yeah. whatever more we can find out about it well anyway so, um why don't we watch a trailer about this ufo crash that brought the men in black which is on rise tv by the way and then uh, when we come back, we're going to be getting into some of these black ops projects. We're going to get a little deeper into some new stuff that we found on the Montauk project and some of the details that we haven't shared yet. So um, let's go ahead and check that out and we'll be right back. I didn't want to go public without evidence because I knew no one would believe me. The entire incident happened about five to six minutes in total. And my mom shouts really loud, oh my God, what is that? What is that? At no point did the two men in black or the Air Force gentleman ask my mother or her friends what did they see. They looked human, 
but they did weird things. The men in black, they said, you will report it as a helicopter crash, or we will take your son away. The men in black play the narrative and the media outlets skew it back out. This was 1991 Project Mockingbird in full effect. So you guys, that is our series that we have um, with Robert Earl White, uh, or it's actually like a three episode and it's just phenomenal. His whole insane story that he has that it, basically it's his whole life. And he's been really looking into this and what exactly happened to him as a child. And also, if, well, and of course, if you're just joining us on, on Rumble or just finding us for the first time, um, you know, our live shows are free on Rumble, but of course we have our Rise.TV platform with all of our really well-produced shows and series. We have over 200 episodes of series. We've done probably over 400 episodes altogether with everything we've done. Maybe we're probably on 500. I wouldn't even guarantee so crazy how many episodes of course all those those are some of those are lives but anyway we have multiple uh, other shows on our platform um so come over and join us for only 9.99 a month and um you know your support lets us keep doing all these deep dives and the research and i mean this is 100 percent funded by you ever since we got censored by youtube uh you know of course things have been a little challenging but we're we are doing our best to grow and reach more people well said, Ben. Hey, and Thank now you. I'd really like you to tell me what you found or about the Montauk project, because I've got a lot of stuff here that I could talk about, but <laughs> yeah, I, I want to focus that. So let me have it. Well, OK, so so for those of you that we, last Tuesday, Rob and I went over the Montauk project and the uh, Philadelphia experiment. And of course, the Montauk project was uh, it really was a real military base um camp hero and uh it's based out of montauk new york and there are documents to show that there really was experiments going on everything from purposely giving people lsd to see how they would react to some mind control experiments and um you know that's actually where stranger things the whole plot of stranger things came from and of course there are stories about a monster that somehow uh, somehow came through and that is why the whole thing was abandoned supposedly um this article is really crazy because it goes into really detail of things but this 100 percent true the, the cia admitted it and apologized for doing their experiments uh and they're they were basically taking kids that seem to have some kind of supernormal abilities and hooking them up to machines and all doing all kinds of experiments to see what they could do. At to amplify, yeah. At Montauk to amplify. Um, and then there was like all these experiments with paranormal stuff from teleportation, opening portals. And this leads into the Philadelphia experiments, of course, that happened in um, 1943 where the, um, um, Oh man, I just Montauk. Uh, Montauk came much after Philadelphia Experiment yeah. was around 
in the forties. They were, you know, trying to create stealth technology allegedly. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, I'm trying to, I, I, the, the, the name of the ship just totally, I just, the, the USS Eldridge. Thank you. I was like, I knew right. search was an E. I just couldn't remember what it was. Yes. The USS Eldridge. That was it. So um, we went, we went through a lot of it last Tuesday, but then this time we want to really kind of like hone in and focus more on some stories and some interesting things related to plane crashes around Montauk. And that is very, very fascinating. And of course, Montauk has that giant radar that, that is built on top and supposedly it, it would amplify, like someone could, someone who was like very psychic could, oh, just like Professor X and Cerebro. They, they could hook this thing up, put this thing on, and then it's like it would yes amplify it was, that. It was a SAGE, an old, I think, World War One or World War II SAGE radar that they were using, you know, out on the ocean to communicate with everyone. It was abandoned, but it was the, <coughs> the perfect place for the Montauk project to take place because of a lot of, man, a lot of different reasons. But... Um, that Sage Radar was the number one because it was this idea of combining these individuals with latent abilities or abilities that were coming out with the frequencies of the Sage Radar to create different things. And actually, I don't know if you knew this, but it's like Montauk. I didn't even realize this until I started researching it, but it's sort of ground zero for all of the conspiracies revolved around Mars, Ben. Yeah, actually, that I was just kind of pointing that out today. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I was some of the research I was doing, and Warner Braun Braun, um, who uh, you know led NASA, was one of the Nazi scientists that came over through Project Paperclip. He even wrote a book uh, specifically about colonizing Mars. So, and he's he has like some connection. Uh, it seems like with Montauk, but not in a very direct way. So anyway, but go ahead, Rob. Well, it's just it, there's a lot of interesting things revolved around this for different reasons. We're talking about frequencies. Frequencies and electromagnetics are kind of very, very closely, you know, intertwined and um, just very close to Montauk. Only two hours east uh, or sorry, west was the uh Wardenclyffe Tower, the uh, Widencliffe Tower, I think it was called. That's uh, Tesla's original tower that he was using to create like zero point energy. So pulling all of the electricity out of the air. And so like these, it was almost like they migrated a lot of this stuff over. And there it is. Um, oh, Lindsay, yeah. Is that Widencliffe or Wardenclyffe? I can't remember. Wardenclyffe. It was Wardenclyffe. Okay. I was right. I almost I doubted myself there. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty interesting. The tower was built in 1901, between 1901 and 1904. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, and there's there's a lot more to this, like. You know, we were just talking, you were just talking about the Cerebro thing, you know, and um that, now, what they were doing, what what Preston Nichols was claiming that they did was they hooked up psychics to the Sage radar, and then they were using the frequencies of the radar to do like bizarre electromagnetic slash frequency experiments. Right? I mean, mm -hmm. birds going crazy, kids having their minds kind of taken over or whatever. Um, but what people don't really know is that 
um, is that basically, um, Oh, lot. I'm just looking at this really quick. Yeah, the the Mon Montauk. What Montauk actually means? <laughs> this is like this is actually. Oh, I, I couldn't this. believe this when I started looking into it. So I think, I think we presented this during a uh, a conference one time, you and I. But I can't remember what what the meaning behind it is. But I remember like you, one of us was looking into this. So what does it so, mean? Okay, so um, best anyone can tell is that Native American shamans describe a spirit guide, shapeshifter, or time traveler as a Montau or a Manitou. And so it's very close to Montauk, in other words. So according to this article that I found, it kind of checks out. Um, so also, like, I'm going to send you this article, Lindsay, so that you can... You can actually pull it up if you'd like, just as a little bit of a backup for what I'm talking about here. But also, a lot of people don't know this, but so the word Montauk means a place of far seeing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Montauk is also on a ley line. Really? Yeah. So Montauk wow. itself is also on a ley line. So the Montauk project was an amalgamation of at least three separate black ops programs that we're aware of. Right. So between 1900 and 1945, there were three world powers that were experimenting with the more war machine of science, Soviets, Nazis, and Americans. So we're talking about, you know, like we said, esoteric, bizarre experiments leading up to the seventies when Montauk, when Montauk began. And, um, you know, it was actually this is also interested is is when you start looking into how the Montauk project was funded, you know that like you ever hear about that, that train of Nazi gold that disappeared under the under the watch of uh, watchful eye of um, General Patton. Remember that train that that had. Yeah. all the gold? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently this this gold was actually commandeered by these people running the black ops programs and they used that money to fund size. these Mont like the Montauk project and stuff like that. Also, I found while I was looking into this, that project paperclip was, was a later name for the project where they were bringing the scientists over that actually ended mm -hmm. up developing all of this stuff leading up to the Montauk project, that, which is why I brought up um, Warner Ron Vron, because a lot yeah. of these, a lot, because they were the experiments that happened at Montauk, were a result of what the Nazis were already doing yes. in Germany. And they they literally just came over here and were like, oh, we'll just continue they, our experiments over here. They just that's, kept that's rolling. Literally what happened. And then yeah. And then in the cool. 70s, they were they were ready for the that place they were at with Montauk. But the original name for Project Paperclip was Project Overcast. Wow. I kind yeah, of a lot of people don't know that. that. Oh, yeah, it was wow. called it was called Project Overcast, and then they changed the name later to Project Paperclip. Dude, that's okay. Interesting. Now, um, Operation Overcast. Wow. Yeah. Nineteen forty-five. Very fascinating. That's weird. Just super weird stuff. Now. This is also some anecdotal and really interesting information that I found. It's like sometimes mm -hmm. when I get into this stuff, I just keep going and going and I find like the weird, weirdest stuff. Right. So um, 
how, how capable are our sat like satellites today in comparison to that sage radar right because the sage radar now is obsolete so um basically declassified documents show us that satellites have been used for spying as early as the 1950s all right now you got to check this out ben between 1959 and 1972, the U.S. was using satellites to spy on the USSR. <laughs> Ready for this? Mm -hmm. The first one, the first satellite that they used to spy was called Corona. No way. <laughs> way. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't know that. All right. All right. So the camera system on this satellite. Okay from space in the 1950s could reach up to one foot of a subject, which was so close they needed to readjust the diameter to three feet. In wow. 1950, bro, they could reach up to one foot of a person from friggin' space. Yeah. In 1950, you said, right? Yeah, this is this is yeah. 1959 between 1959, 1959. and 1972. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is like even if it's 1959, it's still the 50s. Yeah, it's <laughs> still know? the 50s. Right. So, all right. Even like a 40 foot diameter from space in the 60s is nuts. Like, you know, we have this idea, oh, like a Google Google Earth can you can't really see that close and all of this stuff and it's like, nah, dude, like the satellites can they're way more capable than that, right? So, um, you know how in my Montauk video, I explained that the Sage radar, like you might have seen this, like we watched it a couple of times. I explained that the Sage radar was used because it could emit a powerful frequency at 450 megahertz. That was the mm -hmm. that was what they were after was the power of the Sage radar to be able to conduct these experiments. Um, so that was the frequency that they were using, which, you know, made the birds kind of go crazy. Satellites now can emit frequencies way, way greater than that. I mean, we're like the Cobb band frequency that these satellites are, are using reach up to 40,000 megahertz. That's 90 times more than the mo than the powerful Sage radar at Montauk. 90 Seriously. times. I, this, yeah. this sounds like we're getting into the Death Star well, <laughs> well, element it, of this. Yeah, then it's it like essentially. Right. Then it fast forwards to that article we showed. It was like half a year ago or even a yeah. year ago where, you know, laser lasers from space can read a person's heartbeat. Right. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I, I remember even in the 90s, because when I, when uh, late 90s, early 2000s, when um, GPS first came out, you know, I was blown away by like by, I was just totally mesmerized by GPS because I, I couldn't believe that we as civilians were using this technology. So all right. I could think about was like if we we're using GPS technology, what the heck is the government using? And then then I remember somebody was talking about in an article and this was like, again, this is around GPS because, you know, all, it was like a big thing, you know, like, Oh my gosh, we have this GPS now that, that everyone can use. And I remember hearing something from or reading something, um, somebody saying that we have now the ability to zoom in. So if you have a mosquito on your arm, we can actually see that mosquito on your arm through the satellites. And that was in the late nineties, early two thousands. So, 
in that, and like you said, now it goes in the heartbeats. They can use satellites in space to, you know, and so well, now and, and man, and then you get into the, like the lead paint conspiracy because it's like, why stop people from using lead paint? Were people really dying from poisoning? No, it's because now the satellites can view right into your home from space, and the lead was blocking them from doing that, and now they can see right in there. Oh, that's a really there's no more lead based paints because of that. Like people weren't actually wow. dying. The idea was that, yeah, they couldn't see into wow. that. And whoa. Okay. That that's a very, that's something I've never heard before. So that's Absolutely. pretty cool, Rob. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder, I just wonder if, of course, do, we don't endorse eating lead. No, or whatever. No. <laughs> <laughs> go home tonight and eat the paint chips on your wall. There you go. Please don't do that. <laughs> Ever. Like, um, lead or not, just don't do that. Yeah. So, but I, yeah. we're not. I mean, okay. Obviously, we're going to need to do a little bit more research in this. But that's something that's very interesting that when you really think about. It. Because what what's 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 the one thing that Superman can't see through? Lead. It's very fascinating. It's too dense. It's too dense. The the particles of lead are too dense. Yeah. 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 That's you know lead. Scary. Like my dad. My dad has talked to me. So you know he. My dad is a plumber. I was wearing that shirt last time. The American Dream, son of a plumber. That's true. My dad's a plumber. He was talking to me about all the times he's had to melt down lead. He was showing me um, recently like a ladle that he had. He was like, I made a lot of money with this ladle. And I was like, what are you talking about, Dad? Who makes money with the ladle? And he's showing me how he like melted lead in the ladle and was pouring it out. And I was like, didn't I was like, isn't that dangerous? Like, couldn't you uh, like, can you get poisoning from some of this stuff? And he just kind of like looked at me with a smile and he's like, yeah, but you got to work. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. You know what I mean? But it's like, I don't think that stuff, I think like some of this lead paint stuff was a little bit of a, apparently reportedly it was a ruse. So that's very fascinating. It really is, you know, and then that really changes everything if, if that's the case. And, you know, some people out there might be thinking, okay, what's the big deal if they can read your heartbeat, you know, but, but it's very interesting when you think about it, because you could, there could be a broadcast on TV, like for example, whatever, you know, or Trump yeah. talking on television and or Biden or whatever, or, you know, or anything for that matter. And they could literally monitor your heartbeat to see how fast it's beating, to see how you react to whatever it is that, and I'm just using that as an example, right? So it could be any, any kind of situation out there when you have a large group of people doing something or watching something or viewing something, um, then it would be very easy to tell how you feel about that specific thing and how then, oh man, there, and that, that's just a lot. I mean, and there, there's a resonance for everything. A lot right. of things. I mean, there's, a, they, they've been experimenting with this stuff for a very long time, very long time. And, and now, and that's why it, it scares me to think about what kind of technology they really have. And, and especially, you know, and that, and that, that's another reason why I kind of feel it going back to the alien thing in the beginning, what we're talking about, because, you know, they, they've never, as much as they're kind of talking about craft aliens have never really been brought up with any of these media reports from New York times or anything else. You know, it's just more of a question of what are these? Is it, you know, is it China? Is it Russia? Or could it be something extraterrestrial? But they don't really 
go into it. It's just more kind of like here, this weird video is, and we don't know what it is. It's just unexplained. So getting back to the alien aspect, then if that's true, it's like, well, what kind of technology are they using? And, and is there some secret, you know, obviously we, we already know that there's secret government programs. Um, you know, these, these have slowly been talked about and released. So then what kind of information do they have? What kind of weapons, what kind of technology, what are they doing? How are they using this technology and how is it affecting humanity? And, crazy crazy stuff anyway. yeah it is man but that's so fascinating for the lead aspect rob that that is really cool that um you brought that up i got a little before. bit of um i got a little bit of extra information here so i don't i never really heard too many numbers but you know they were probably in that i'm sure they were even in that that um wikipedia entry that that Lindsay brought up on project paperclip but it was roughly 1,600 German scientists along with their families yeah. that were brought to the United States. There's a photo that has every single one of them in one giant photo. And that, we have it in our documentary, actually. Yeah, we have it in our uh, new or old world order series. And there's this photo that we can find. Actually, we're going to have to play a trailer and uh, we'll see if we can find that photo to present it. But yeah, it shows all these like quote unquote scientists, because really these are the scientists that were doing killing people, literally killing people. And then it's like, Oh, I'm just a scientist. And it's like, you're really smart. We'll bring you over to the U S and put you in charge of NASA. Right. <laughs> what a great idea. <laughs> so before we go onto the break, you got to check this out. So, uh, this is very, very interesting. So like, you know, we're just talking about the project paperclip, and these Germans who were probably coming over, they were helping us with rockets. Um, the like, do we really think that the Americans weren't equally interested in the information that Hitler had obtained in his mad search for technology and artifacts? Okay, I'm sure they were, Ben, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, why did Hitler go to Tibet? Some researchers found I that the Tibetan that. word for Orion is talk. That's the same talk in Montauk. Montauk. Okay. This word in Tibetan is described as the gateway from human physical consciousness in this dimension to the next level of human evolution creation. Wow. Like, I feel like, okay, could it be, wow. you know, conspiracy theorists are stretching here? Yeah, of course. It's still interesting that ages ago in history, this area is named by, you know, the Native Americans with just this amazing recipe of like weird meanings that that they're just so happen to utilize with the sage radar. Like, is any of this stuff a coincidence? You know, it's crazy. It is crazy. All right, we're going to play the Power of the Mind trailer. When we come back, we'll start getting into the air, air, air crashes that happened over Montauk. Sounds so. good. What came first, the chicken or the egg? How does the body know how to ride a bicycle or do the Macarena without thinking about it? What is the soul? If a tree falls in the forest and no one is around to hear it, does it still make a sound? And is there such a thing as mind over matter? 
People have been pondering deep questions for millennia, but it all goes back to one. What is consciousness? The body, mind, matter, or the soul? They say, I think, therefore I am. But what's the true power of our minds? How do our brains, minds, and spirits bring us things like works of art, inventions, music, and enlightenment? This may be the very deepest topic that exists in the cosmos. So let's dive deep into it. From the pineal gland to the brain, to the highest heights of heaven, to supernormal abilities. How does it all come together? You may have thought about it before, but you've never heard about the truth like this. Join Edge of Wonder for the power of the mind, part one. Fantastic superpowers and the brain. All right, so if if all of y'alls are enjoying the research that you're hearing today on um, on the show, please think about supporting our work over at Rise.TV. We have so many so shows and series, just like the Power of the Mind um, that you just watched there, the trailer uh, for Rise.TV. Uh, it will uplift, inspire you. It'll give you information you haven't heard in other places. I don't know why. For some reason, we find stuff other people don't. I mean, we just do. And we love sharing it with you guys, and it can help us keep the lights on and keep doing the work that we're doing. So if you can, if you find it in your heart to support our work, we really appreciate it, and uh, it'll help us keep doing this. Seriously, yes. All right. Um, okay, so we, we should get into some of these airplane crashes. Yeah. Do you want to show them the photo that we found before that? Sure. Of all the Nazi scientists, or all oh the, yeah, you found it. Yeah, yeah okay. I don't think this is this isn't the full Project. 1600s, but the the 1600 ones. I think this is uh, I don't know, there's roughly like a hundred or so here. But these are like the top, top, top ones out of the 1600s. A few that, of these guys have huge heads. <laughs> probably related to Epstein, but um, yeah, it's just so messed up because these guys were involved. Well. Like, directly on some of these dudes were like directly under hitler and then it's like oh we'll just recruit you and put you in the government and what the heck so yeah. anyway there's a lot of speculation that um we we on the surface we won the war but in actuality we lost the war because they came over here and just kind of took over things i don't it's it's a hard thing to get into it is. And unless, I, I don't mean like unless you're, unless you're talking one on one with someone, I don't even feel yeah. comfortable talking about it. It's like it's that crazy, you know, it is. I mean, when you're yeah, in it's a bad situation, it is. It, it, and what's just insane is that they just put these guys in the heads of various different organizations and all these organizations came about through Project Paperclip. I know. The CIA wasn't really the CIA then. It was uh, something else. Okay. Gosh. And then, of course, you have the the um, NI or, um, NSA and all these other organizations that kind of came about through all of these things. And um, I mean, when you're kind of talking about the deep state, this is essentially the core of what the deep state kind of is. So, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Anyway, um, okay. 
airplane crashes. This is really weird connecting to Montauk because um, of these airplane crashes. Uh, there, there was like f- three or four of them that all happened around Montauk. Uh, the, one of them is the TWA uh, 800. So there was about 230 people that were on board and it crashed again right off of like um new york and uh montauk area and in that in in that area it was going over to rome and they said that the the cause of the explosion was determined to be a mixture of fuel and air that ignited accidentally within a fuel tank um independent vest investigators now literally independent investigators said that they believed it was actually a missile that caused it to explode. Um, they won't really, you know, the official stance is that nope, that didn't happen. Um, they spent four years investigating this, cost $40 million. No survivors were found. But there was a movie, a documentary that came out with the independent investigators saying that the initial stance is a lie. And they fully believe that it was some kind of explosion, that exterior explosion that happened on the plane, whether it was a missile or something else. Now, the, all the conspiracies is that it was flying over Montauk and, you know, who knows exactly. Or there could have been a bomb uh, placed in the plane as well. So that one's really strange. This next one is kind of fascinating. This is Egyptian Air 990. This also had um, about 217 people all died. It was it was Halloween uh, Halloween Day, 1999. Um, this one is super strange because they didn't really find out exactly what happened until years later. And and the official stance still is that they don't really know. Um, and there's an article. The reason why this came up was Lindsay. Can you click on this next this this newspaper link? The air crash fuels Montauk myth. Check this out, Rob. <laughs> so this article is from the Reno Gazette Journal. Wow. From Reno, all the way in Nevada? Yeah, from 1999. Egyptian air crash fuels conspiracy buffs Montauk myth. So it mentions about the, the you know, the, the satellite on top. The ri- Wait, the radar? Sage radar? The radar. Yeah, the radar antenna. Ten, it's 10 stories in the air. So, um, I don't know if you want to read a little bit of uh, the okay, first so yeah, it all starts with this radar antenna, 10 stories in the air. The steel behemoth rises from a concrete tower and lords over the an abandoned weed choked military base at the easternmost tip of Long Island. From this radar dish came the deadly rays that altered thoughts that ripped a hole in a time space continuum <laughs> and fired the particle beam that shot down all the airplanes, or so the conspiracy theory goes. Okay, just tell us. <laughs> wow. Over these past three years, a handful of airplanes have crashed into the Atlantic near here. TWA 800, Swiss Air 111. 111, crazy. John F. Yeah. Kennedy Jr.'s Piper, and now Egyptian Air 990. Wait. JFK died right near there. Yeah, so that's the one that we're gonna we're gonna get into this. We're really gonna. So I was going over these first ones. So this this one Egyptian Air nine ninety. Now, what came out? They looked for the black box. They spent like a couple years trying to find the black box. And of course, the black box is this like 
nuclear explosion proof. It's actually orange, but uh, um, it records the the cockpit dialogue between the pilots, basically. So if a plane explodes, yeah, yeah, you know what they, they know what happened. Yeah. So um, what? So what seemed to transpire through these? through this thing where one of the cock, one of the guys, one of the pilots leaves and then the plane starts to doing like a nosedive. So he, he's in the bathroom and he quickly runs back out and he's like, Oh my gosh, what's happening. The plane was diving so fast down that it broke the, the sound barrier and it reached zero, zero gravity. So everything was just like floating in the air. And the, the one pilot who was, who was Egyptian, I, I think he was Egyptian. Um, he, 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 it looked like he turned off the engines on purpose and the other pilots like yelling at him, like what's going on. And, and there's this like saying something about Allah that the guy's saying, and he keeps repeating saying, I rely on God. And he just says that over and over again. I rely on God. And the other pilots like, come with me. Like we got to pull up, pull up, pull up. And, um, and then that's, and then the last thing you hear in the transcript is I rely on God. And then it's just dead. So years later, they actually think it was a suicide. You mean like, like it was like a suicide thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the, but the question is, I, I think that they're hiding a lot of, a lot of information on this one. I, I think there might've been people who were traveling. Maybe they wanted to take something out, somebody out. Maybe something was going on. Uh, you know, maybe this guy was actually working for somebody and not like a lone wolf that just decided to commit suicide. You know, it, it really sounded like something deeper is going on with this. But um, but this also transpired right right off of Montauk, and they were only in the air for about thirty one minutes before this happened. So um, that one is crazy. And then then we have the Swiss Air Flight from um, one one eleven, as you noticed. Um, this one also crashed uh, in Nova Scotia. Um, yep. <clears throat> sorry that's nova scotia that's nova scotia up. yeah i'm sorry i knew that nova scotia not nova scrotum Scott. nova yeah. scotia yes um so about 230 people were on that they all died um like all of these are like really random ex explanations like oh it was just like faulty wires that caused a plane to crash it's like what <laughs> like how I mean, aren't these things like checked constantly? Like, how can it just be fault, faulty wires that cause a plane to like crash? And it just doesn't make a lot of a sense. It, but it was the worst, one of worst aviation um, crashes in Swiss history. So that one's also very strange. And there's not like a lot of information on this, but this is a, uh, <laughs> this is also really weird. And then of course you got, we have the JFK one. So Man, JFK one is crazy. This is crazy. That just this, makes it a, the conspiracy mind go crazy. It does. And th these are, all, these all happen. Well, okay. The first one was like 96. The rest of these three were all in like a year apart, 98, 99. And JFK's crashed in uh, July 16th, 1999. 
Um, he had about 300 hours of flying experience. They took off of Essex County and in New Jersey. And then um, they were trying to land at Martha's Vineyard. And they were dropping off his like sister-in-law or something like that. And um, but, you know, and they never made it. And there was this massive manhunt look trying to find him. And um, on July 21st, uh, Navy divers supposedly recovered their bodies and part of the wreckage of the plane. Um, this is crazy. Lindsay, can you pull up a, a Google or Google Maps image or, or maybe the image of of where his plane went down? Because if you look at Martha's Vineyard in Montauk directly there, there it's very, and then he is playing yeah. crash, like right in the middle of that. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very, very close. Montauk reaches almost right up there. So yeah. they're very, they're very close. It, actually Montauk is very close to Rhode Island. So close. You can take a ferry from Rhode Island to Montauk. Yeah. And, and, uh, a... and, and, and Nantucket is just a little bit West of uh, or East of there. Yeah. And it's really interesting. And some of the other stuff that I, that I found kind of related to this, um, there's a lot of studies. You don't that, need to pull up. Okay. Yeah. You, actually, it'd be well, better if you just pulled up like a Google Mon map. Yeah. Montauk and Martha's Vineyard. That That's what we're I, Essex County doesn't matter. It's just where the plane took off from. It's more of Montauk's Vineyard in Montauk. Oh, Martha's area. Vineyard is, is where it crashed, not Nantucket. Is that what you said? No, no, no. It, it, Montauk. In you in New York or on Rhode Island or yeah not not Rhode Island I mean um Long Island Montauk yeah. so that's where it crashed and literally it's right in between you know yeah. Montauk and and actually this is now this is a triangle I'm I'm so sorry I forget the name of it but but it's been dubbed this like tri like the Bermuda Triangle this is also this triangle because so many planes have crashed in this area. I've never heard of that. So, so yeah, they, they said it's not really like that well known. Um, but people in the area, maybe just locally will kind of call it that, but it's not, it's not like, you know, if you pull up, that's not the first thing you see, but it, it is some kind of triangle there in that area. And, um, is it called the Montauk triangle? No, it's not called Mons. It had some weird name and it was like kind of difficult to pronounce, to be honest. And that's why I don't really remember off the top of my head what it was. I just happened to see it and I was like, okay, that's interesting. Sorry, there's like so much that I was looking into today. But um, what's really fascinating is that at Montauk, they believe that they were trying to really utilize like portation, teleportation devices. There's actually a patent in Google. Uh, you can actually find patents for this stuff. And of course, microwaves was a really big thing. So, uh, mm -hmm. and scientists recently achieved um, a teleportation breakthrough with diamonds. They were trying to do something very specific um, with diamonds and to transfer information within it. But this is the patent full body teleportation system. And um, this is that guy, John St. Clair. Uh, he has a couple of very interesting patents in the Google patent system. One is the TR, I think it's the TR3B. That's another one. And anti-gravity devices and all kinds of things. So uh, and if you scroll down, let's see, I think we'll, you can see a little bit more of like what it does. And there's like an image of it. I, I don't really know 100% um, how exactly it works, but... There are images, patents, and a very 
detailed explanation of how this exactly works. Well, and- look at that guy's leg is already teleported somewhere else in the front. <laughs> Half of his leg is teleported. Yes. Look, his, his left arm is gone completely. It looks like he needs to pee really bad, too. Yeah, I don't he's know. running for the bathroom, that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, I need to teleport into the Portageon. <laughs> Somebody get me out of here. Why is there an airplane there? That's what I don't oh, really no. fully understand what the airplane has to do with it. Like, what, what? Like maybe he's trying to teleport. <laughs> he teleported from the airplane onto the ground so he could he could take a leak. That's so hilarious. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, this is just to kind of read out some examples of some of the crazy experiments that they were doing in, um, in Montauk. And there was a lot of, uh, of, uh, detailed reports even of people, um, like one guy, um, one story I read, this guy had like a, um, uh, he, he there there was a movie about the Philadelphia experiment that came out in 1980s, and yeah, he, he that was watched, with like um who was in that? Wasn't like was Matthew the, Broderick in that or something? Or not him, but someone uh, like that. It was somebody kind of well known now. Um, or was it the uh, Richard? Ge- no, that was uh the that was the the Mothman Chronicles. Mothman, or he was in that. Um. Anyway, I can't. Was it John Travolta or something like that? It was someone like something that. like that, but it wasn't him. Yeah. Anyway, Nancy or something. Yeah, something like that. So anyway, so um, one of these stories was that this guy who was a little bit older was watching this movie, and all of a sudden he started like having these like flashbacks and these memories, and um, this is like had, his exact story, dude. Yeah, and so he had like a. Uh, past life regression and realized that um uh he started remembering all these experiments that that was done and and uh, on the philadelphia experiment and in montauk oh yeah yeah actually um mon the mon he that was one of the montauk boys nicholas described and i'm trying i'm sorry i'm just trying to read this so this is one of the quotes steward um sewer dwell that's his name um he said with when the experiment started they target expendable boys like orphans runaways or the children of drug addicts the kind of kids that no one would really come looking for and then this guy actually went into detail about the montauk project he's like the aim was to fracture your mind so they, they could program you they would change the temperature from very hot to very cold starve you and then overfeed you i remember being beaten with a wooden pole they love to hold your head underwater until you nearly drown. That was effective. It makes a person likely to listen and to obey their rescuer. They also used LSD to put our brains into an altered state. So he just kind of goes on to saying like, oh, oh, and then he's so this guy. Um, he actually also talked about this is another quote. He said, we finally decided that we had enough of the whole experiment. Um they they basically kind of uh, um, wanted the whole thing to shut down. And then he says, and they transfer actually portray in the trans transmitter actually portrayed a hairy monster. It was big, hairy, hungry and nasty, but it didn't appear underground in the null point. It showed up somewhere on the base. It would eat anything it could find and it smashed everything in sight. Several different people saw it, but almost everyone described a different beast. 
So what he was saying was that when they were hooked up to these machines, they could actually, um, it's almost like it would amplify their thoughts. So through like a portal, if they thought about something like almost things could like come kind of come through based on their connection and what was happening. And that's how reportedly this monster came through. And Lindsay, if you want to show this, we've showed this before, but this is the monster photo. And then, yeah, show that. And this is, I think this is what you're, I know you showed this, you presented this Rob one time on the show and I've never seen this before. You remember this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is actually Montauk. Um, and the, this, this thing here, you can, the, the, uh, the base there, that's actually the entrance and you can actually see that in the photos. And then of course, right behind it is supposedly this hairy beast thing that people reported that um, was like tormenting people and destroyed a lot of things, but it's so, all yeah, very you know, super fascinating. Well, what were we going to say? Well, yeah, John, John and I were talking about this and I was trying to understand, you know, like kind of what, what happened over there. So what Preston Nichols recounts is that kind of like you said, they wanted to end the, the, the experiment. So in their hubris, the scientists who just didn't care, about the effects, decided to turn the Sage radar up full blast for several hours or something like that. And what John saw was that it it blew open a hole in time space and it merged another dimension with ours for the time being, where this beast or several of these beasts ended up kind of merging and coming over into our area. Now, the way Preston Nichols describes it is that this was a this was a beast that came from the subconscious mind of the psychic who was hooked up to Cerebro, that thing that they had. Yeah. But actually, that's not what John and his team of remote viewers saw. He saw that or, you know, and this is his account of it, is that <clears throat> it was that the recipe of conditions merged the dimensions. A beast was then able to come through and it had irreparable damage to both of the dimensions, basically like they merged. And so that's why there was all kinds of stuff going on and all of this mess to clean up where there was these beasts washing up on shore and all of that stuff. And he ended up, what's crazy is last time I talked to John about this, which was fairly recently, he said that he and his remote viewers saw very similar things to the Demogorgon in Stranger Things with like the flower face and stuff. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. And, you know, okay, so you could say if you're listening to that, well, you know, John saw Stranger Things and that's why. No, you guys have to understand what the what is being retold in this whole you know, series could be the real life events just taking place in a fictional Hawking, Indiana. We don't know how much the Duffer brothers know or what they were, what they were let in on because a lot of this stuff gets released as soft, you know, disclosure in these movies and stuff. I mean, look at, look at, you know, um, close encounters of the third kind. I mean, you know, same thing. Yeah. Same thing. I sound crazy. Just listen to me. (laughs) Um. All right. So uh, now one of the more interesting things. Okay. Man, there's so much here. All right. So 
This they were using, you know. Okay, the scientists, here's another story from the book, the Preston Nichols book. Okay, he says the scientists at Montauk decided the best approach would be to project right into the center of the Martian underground. Okay, so they were using Montauk to remote view. They found they were trying to research what was going on in that area of Sidonia. Sidonia, is that what it's called? With the face, the mm -hmm. Martian face, then, yeah, right? Yeah, right, okay. exactly. And then so, that's that's also where the pyramid is, the giant yes. pyramid. It's, they're all okay. in the same area. There's like three things going on in that area yes. of Sidonia and, and on Mars. And that's so, that's the area where they're remote viewing. So yep. the newly discovered Montauk technology gave them the wherewithal to use a spatial warp to get inside of that pyramid. They wanted, uh, I assume. Um, they wanted to get into the underground caverns. These were thought to to be set up and administered by a very old civilization. Crazy. Yeah. One million years ago. Yes. <laughs> or no, this was this was no, they did this live then. They no, were I mean, looking, no, this was I, I not mean, a remote viewing document. This oh, is, they, were, they were looking at this live. This is at Montauk. They probably found oh. the remote viewing document and then the, they were looking for what was left over in the actual technology from the pyramid and the ancient civilization in that area. They wanted to go there and find out information. Wow. I sound crazy. <laughs> so crazy. No, dude, it's all good. You know, I mean, you got to think that the military, especially if they know they, if, if they, I mean, if it's not, if when we're saying if, but, I'm a hundred percent certain without a doubt that the military has UFO or um, alien technology. No, but we still have to say if, because that's just the way it is. But if they have this technology, you can imagine being the military, you would want to look into every single aspect. Yeah. You know? Look how much you and I just like talking about this stuff. Imagine if you had the resources to actually research it. Are you telling me you wouldn't? Yeah, no. Give me a break. Hundred percent. That's all I have to say to convince you that they're doing stuff right there. It's like, yeah, of course they would be studying this stuff. Of course it would be top secret. Of course no one would know anything about it. And of course, it they're 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 on they're a hundred years ahead. Yeah. Pretty amazing stuff. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> we should probably go over and answer some questions now, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. We're gonna need to jump off here. There's some more things that we have, but you know, we'll just do this for another episode, or we can even talk a little bit about it on Friday. So yeah, we're gonna have to jump over and go over to rise.tv. So we're gonna leave Rumble or yeah, everywhere we're streaming, basically, we're gonna head over to rise.tv. So again, come over and join us for only $9.99 a month and support our work. We have so much content over there. Um, you know, every, every show, every live show, we always do a Q and a, and we get, probably we'll get a little bit more into things that we won't say when we're streaming just because of the censorship and everything else. And, um, we're also going to do a, um, meditation prayer, uh, at the end of the show. So please join us for that too. So. Absolutely. Hope to see you guys over there. Thanks so much for being with us. And uh, we'll see you on Friday when we do our Friday Night Live, which is going to be an equally awesome episode. Yep. All right. Seafaring voyagers traverse the vast seas, sailing for distant lands. 
lost treasure, ferocious sea beasts, and new worlds beyond the old. But what if their searches across the ocean surface miss truths that lie much deeper? What secrets hide in the Bermuda Triangle? Why do octopuses exhibit an ethereal intelligence we can't quite explain? Are sightings of the Kraken and giant squids more than mere stories? Some creatures have been found to not just survive, but to thrive at depths and conditions we never thought possible. Which begs the question, what has been written off in history as imaginings or myths that may actually be pointing to other dimensions, alien worlds, or fantastic beings that aren't supposed to exist? Join Edge of Wonder for a deep dive into the cryptids of the abyss. Get your questions ready because it's time for our live Q&A session exclusively on Rise.tv. 